Thank you for joining us for this episode in our series of podcasts for J.D. Power Evaluation Services. I'm Jack Nerad, host of the America on the Road radio program and a contributing writer to JDPower.com. Today's topic is one of the hottest topics in the auto industry, digital retailing. Consumers desire to buy vehicles online, and that desire was trending before COVID-19. But when the pandemic hit, the movement really accelerated, and now it's the topic of conversation across the industry. What does it take to make digital retailing a real functioning reality? That's what we're going to dive into. Happily, we have two experts with us to discuss many of the opportunities and issues surrounding the trend to digital retailing. James Vecchio is head of VIN Products for Auto Data Solutions, the Auto Data Solutions division of J.D. Power. Prior to joining J.D. Power, Jim headed corporate strategy, marketing, and business development efforts at Epi Analytics Incorporated, that's a software company that provides automotive AI and customer experience analytics. Morgan Hansen, our other guest, is Vice President of Data Science for J.D. Power's Valuation Services Division. As part of the Valuation Services Leadership Team, he's responsible for the predictive models used to understand the current and future automotive markets. He has been with ALG since 2011 and is one of the principal architects of the ALG forecasting model. Morgan, thanks so much for being with us. We do appreciate it. Thanks, Jack. Let's dive into this thing. There is a lot of talk about the rapid rise of digital online retailing, but let's quantify that. And Jim, I think you've got some data that can uh, help us understand that a little bit better, don't you? Yeah, absolutely, Jack. Thanks. So one of the recent studies that uh, J.D. Power came out with was their uh, sales satisfaction index study. And uh, they found in this study that between January 2020 and basically March of 2021, so a little over a year, that digital retail transactions have basically doubled across the board. And that means that, you know, from people, uh, consumers agreeing to purchase a vehicle, agreeing on the price to having a trade in or getting credit approval, getting their documents completed, all those areas have effectively doubled in that year's time. And it, and we continue to see it grow even since May of this year. And the interesting thing that, uh, that we talk about internally here at uh, JD Power is the demographic perspective of, the, of this growth. And uh, I think there's kind of an anomaly in my mind. I think it's really interesting that some of the bigger growth areas from a demographic perspective are both the pre-boomers. So those are, you know, people that are, I think it's the oldest demographic that they're tracking. Now. Yeah. Even older than boomers, right? Even older than boomers. Right. And then the Gen Zers, which is the youngest generation. So those two areas have exhibited the highest growth in digital retailing. And uh, I guess that it, it makes some sense. Maybe uh, some of the Gen Zers are helping their grandparents purchase vehicles online. So uh, that was one of the conclusions that we came up with. Yeah, Jim, one of the other really interesting parts of this, too, is that over that same time period is when we've seen car values go up at such a high rate. So it's really interesting to see that, hey, we're moving in an industry that, you know, in the past, maybe hasn't been the most trustworthy. There's always a lot of skepticism, but we're seeing high prices and people are still moving to a digital retail space that's, you know, less haggle and kind of agreed to that purchase price um, is one of the really interesting factors here that shows that this isn't just a, 
pandemic movement, you know, it's really something that people are moving to and enjoying that experience at a higher level. And to enjoy that experience, they really need, and, and dealers need, and the consumers need, accurate vehicle valuations, right? I mean, accurate pricing. Uh, it's, it's really of critical importance when you're online and you don't have that give and take that you would have across the desk. Uh, can you expand on that? Sure. I'll, I'll take a, a, a crack at it, Jack. So we are, we are seeing some challenges when you're purchasing a vehicle online. Many times you're doing it sight unseen and uh, the vehicle, the data quality is so important in uh, valuing and pricing a vehicle, especially as vehicles are being described and, and searched for online. They're being manipulated many times. The data is being manipulated by manual entry. So uh, you may have a uh, an F&I department or an inspection manually enter and fat finger data. So data quality is always paramount because it forms the basis for all the additional applications. And JD Power and, and Autodata uh, has a uh, have great relationships with the OEMs, but a lot of times the OEM data is very hard to translate into a friendly consumer experience. And I'll give you an example. One of the challenges that we see is that an OEM may call a feature, Ford calls it sync. You know, somebody else might call it a Starlink. Uh, another uh, OEM might call it Uconnect. So it's very hard to put a consistent search strategy and a search experience together when you're searching across data uh, that might be uh, described very differently. Uh, another example we see is uh, providing the exact number of seats that are installed on a vehicle and using that as a search term. People want to know, you know, that they need seven, they need it to seat seven for carpool or the number of people that they have in their family. That's a really important metric. So, yeah, the data quality that we have and the normalization features that we have are paramount to to some of these industry challenges. And uh, we're able to bring together some of this OEM data, build data, together with the inventory data so that we can very accurately configure and describe vehicles, which is really important as we move more towards digital. And again, as you had mentioned, Jack, it's becoming progressively more important with the advent of COVID-19 and the uh, spit the the speed of adoption in purchasing vehicles online. We're seeing, I think it's pretty well accepted that the uh, industry has probably advanced at least about five years in the past, say, year and a half or so in purchasing more and more vehicles online. Morgan, what's your point of view on that? I, I'm sure you have some uh, some thoughts on that as well. Making sure that you can present exactly what's on a vehicle uh, is a huge part for the user experience. And it also really comes into pricing. I think another good example that uh, I personally have come across just looking around at, at ads is if a vehicle is specced uh, and advertised as maybe like a base or a standard, a really common thing that enthusiasts are going to run into is manual transmission. You search, everything comes up with manual because it's standard, and then you start going through the pictures and you find that it's an automatic and that's gonna instantly degrade your confidence of going to that dealer and having that online experience, especially sight unseen. You already know that they're advertising something incorrectly and it might not, it's probably not the dealer's fault necessarily as much as it's just really difficult to get that data. So having the level of 
data that we have can really help uh, create an environment where you know you're getting the right car, you're advertising the right car, and something like a manual transmission, you know, can can be adding value in a lot of segments. And so that's something from a valuation standpoint of pricing that car right, making sure that you're representing it in the market correctly can be a really big deal. Um, so as we move in this direction, just being able to get a good experience uh, where you know what's on the vehicles, we know how to price it, we know how to present it. It is really a, a stepping stone that you have to get past to really just maintain that trust for a consumer moving through that environment. Yeah, it's critical because there's nobody to hold that uh, consumer's hands that uh, the data they see, everything that they see presented to them online uh, appear to be accurate, right? I mean, that's without that, perhaps the whole thing falls apart. Well, Jim, t tell us a bit about how inventory data can be validated. Uh, you know, you check up against OEM data, but uh, tell us a bit more about that, how you go about validating all this and making sure it's correct. So, uh, you know, as we as we just uh, discussed, you know, data can be uh, misrepresented. It can be changed. Uh, there's a lot of manually touching of data. So it's it's imperative to continuously analyze the data. And we utilize uh, some text analytics in our solution stack to ensure that data has the highest integrity. And one thing that we do really well at JD Power and Autodata is we manage relationships with manufacturers. So we do have access to probably the most OEM build data in the marketplace. And we have put together products that uh, extract exactly the right mixture of that data to fulfill our clients' individual needs. We find that a lot of companies uh, maybe only need some very basic Vindicode data, which might uh, just be your make model trim. Maybe they need a little bit more. Maybe they need some interior colors. Maybe they want to know exactly what's installed on that vehicle. They want to know the price points of all the uh, installed options and packages. It basically runs the spectrum. So one of the great things that I feel um, I'm lucky is that I get to see a lot of uh, business models from our clients, how they commercialize this data. And I can give you a couple of examples, kind of two ends of the spectrum. On the one hand, we're seeing that, you know, if you're, say, you know, financing a vehicle and you need the assurance that uh, whatever is installed on that particular vehicle, you have a very, very clear picture, an exact picture of how that vehicle is configured. If you're financing a transaction of, say, $50,000, it's worth it to pay a little bit extra for the peace of mind that, uh, you know, you're 100% sure that, you know, pursuant to OEM build data, that vehicle is configured exactly the way that you're going to lend money on it. If, on the other hand, you're doing, say, market research and you need to process, say, a couple million VINs so that you can quickly look at, you know, take rates in a, in a region or, you know, do other market research activities, then, you know, maybe you want to license data more in the aggregate and you don't need to know exactly what's on that particular vehicle. So we do see that, uh, you know, there's different business needs. But from, you know, to answer your question, how do we validate that? So we, we do manage these OEM, build these OEM build data relationships. And we also utilize uh, technology from 
companies like Epi Analytics that were recently acquired with our automotive AI and machine learning, we're able to analyze and correct VINs continuously, automatically. And then uh, we've actually used our technology to integrate into a product that we will be soft launching in a few days called Chrome Data VIN Descriptions, CVD for short. And that CVD will be the best of the best and create a data platform to be utilized within the organization. And then we also have, in addition, we acquired a company about a year, maybe a year and a half ago, called ICC, Inventory Command Center. And they are a, um, a great aggregator, an inventory management solution provider. So they aggregate, they cleanse data, they syndicate it, and they want to make sure, you know, their solutions make sure that your inventory can be seen correctly online and to the widest audience. So all of these different products and these the integration of this data using the OEM build data, using some of our engineered data that we analyze and put together, along with seeing all of this inventory data, allows us to market vehicles correctly and have accurate data for pricing and valuations. And let's dive into that, Morgan. Tell us a bit about how all this data can help guide and make valuations that much better. Well, as a data scientist, all we want is data, right? We want the more data we can get, uh, the better. And if it's something that doesn't help us, like great, but we've tested it and we know that um, it's something that didn't push our accuracy forward. In this case, everything Jim has mentioned is a huge deal for valuing vehicles. It allows us to really know exactly what's on those cars. Uh, and as we kind of start moving away from just pricing a vehicle in a vacuum, just knowing that a long-term historical trend meant that navigation was worth $700 uh, in, in a you know, premium segment, if it was a really high-end navigation. With this inventory, with understanding the detail of what's going on at, at local levels, you can really start to do some localized pricing. You can start to understand the demand dynamics that are occurring in, in kind of a local market, you know, because we are talking about digital retail. We are talking about the fact that maybe your market's expanding. People are getting cars sight unseen from across the country, but it still helps us to understand what the pricing is in that locale and why someone may be looking somewhere else. So when we start to combine all of this amazingly rich and accurate data about what's on these cars, we can start valuing that. Then we can start to understand, well, what are the cars that are sitting on the lot next to it like? What are the cars that are across the street? What are the cars that are 15 minutes down the highway? And that really is going to allow us to value those vehicles and really start to understand at a, a level we've never seen before in the industry uh, what different markets are doing and accurately. There's not averages. It's not looking at one number over time. It's really understanding the hyper-specific, the detail, the content, the location of every VIN and building up from there. So it's not looking at a bunch of data and going down and making observations. We can start at individual cars and just build up from a lot to say a DMA to the Western region up to the US. So from a data perspective and just kind of the capabilities that this unlocks, uh, this is great. And then knowing that we have all these validations that go into it, you can trust it. And the effort becomes how much are these cars worth? What does this mix of content mean for a consumer, for retailing, for pricing purposes? And you don't have to worry about if it's right and mitigating errors. So uh, this is a really big step forward with regards to how this data can 
be leveraged and, and help push the industry forward and kind of get us focused on the right pieces instead of really kind of working through, well, oh, this might not be right. What do I do? We're going to be able to be pricing cars at a very specific level. Yeah. And accuracy, of course, very, very important. So how do you really go about purging inaccuracies from the system? Because that can be uh, obviously very, very detrimental if there are errors in there. Sure. I, I can take that, Jack. Uh so really, the answer to uh, you know purging inaccuracies is kind of a twofold question. First piece of it would would be our uh, QA organization. So we have a very mature QA organization at uh, Chrome Auto Data and JD Power, and we leverage a lot of technology that we've developed in house. And to kind of generalize how that QA organization works from a macro level is we're always looking for error patterns. For example, we might find that a particular year make and model has an error. We see a lot of times maybe there's a mid-year model change that might not be carried forward in the data and that may create an error. So, you know, very simply, we identify the error and sometimes it's reported to us by a customer uh, sometimes we use some of our internal analytics to uh, identify inconsistencies in the data. We identify the error. We identify the amount of vehicles, the year, the timing of the vehicles, uh, the models, and then we fix the error. And we do that through research and human effort, basically, assisted by machines. And the other, and the other piece to that equation is because we see so many different data sources and because we always have our automotive AI technology monitoring all of the VINs that we encounter, we're looking for more robust data. So we might, for example, have a VIN that's say a 2018 Ford F-150. Maybe we didn't really know what the trim was on it and now we see a description of that data and we know that it's a Lariat and it has the 401A package on it. And then we, you know, with our catalog, we can kind of explode that information about that vehicle. So we're analyzing that data, utilizing technology, and then we're checking and updating it with our VIN descriptions, our CVD product, and are able to really identify any patterns or errors in the data. And one thing that we do, and it sounds kind of uh, probably counterintuitive or maybe too far down in the weeds, you know, we're, we are literally decoding billions and billions of VINs every year. And we actually do look at an individual VIN. So we may have a customer that calls in and says, hey, you know, here's a, here's a vehicle. We're showing that there's, uh, you know, a little bit of an inconsistency. The dealer says, that it has something installed and we're not getting that in the data. We actually look at those on an individual VIN basis because that helps us find those error patterns that we mentioned, and it could help us solve you know, a problem that might exist even in the OEM data across a large number of vehicles. So we don't leave a lot of stones unturned when it comes to uh, purging inaccuracies. We'll even see inaccuracies that can come through in the build uh, on the pricing side. When you start to run this data through some uh, pricing algorithms, you know, if you're starting to see a vehicle that is uh, traditionally, you know, tends to have a lot of content on it, it's maybe a vehicle that has a, a lower base kind of offering that's meant to be built up um, and you start seeing some pricing that becomes an outlier, 
oftentimes it's the same thing. It's diving into one VIN and it's coming back and saying, are we missing something here? Because this vehicle is priced very low. And then, you know, as you can dive into it, uh, it, it the pricing can also become a, another symptom, which leads to needing to have a very robust machine learning driven and automated pricing QA as well. Um, so it's a very similar process on on how we value these vehicles and kind of diving in where you have to be able to have the confidence to process massive amounts of data and, and price uh, any vehicle, just like we're kind of running billions of VINs, you know, we're, we're running um, thousands and thousands of pricing calls every week. And you need to be able to do that with confidence, but you do still have to dive down into a single VIN um, here and there because you can learn a lot from uh, to help your overall algorithm if you're looking at the details. So you have to be able to produce everything, but you can't be afraid to look at, at a single uh, vehicle, a single issue that's coming up because it can really lead you to... Um, improvements in your overall process for sure. Right. And of course, each individual consumer is buying an individual VIN, right? Uh, it, it's got to be uh, accurate to them to the VIN level or, or it all kind of falls apart. I, Morgan, talk, talk to us a, a bit about how the data leads to pricing, how you use this uh, macro data to get down to individual pricing on a particular vehicle. Yeah, so we've been building pricing algorithms uh, for years, it, whether it's for kind of a, a current market look of what is a vehicle worth today, what does different content add to um, what are these vehicles worth uh, in the future. And so we've been uh, looking at this data and kind of wishing that build data was more reliable, it was more available to us uh for years. And now having this, it, it really just leads to a new level. I alluded to it earlier, but the ability to price every VIN. And then with that, you can make a average, you can make an index, you can make um, kind of a more easy, you know, top of the slide number that you can put out there, but you're still making sure that you're building up with very accurate values for the VIN for the consumer. I think, Jack, you just nailed it, that uh, consumers aren't purchasing an index price. They're purchasing a very specific vehicle. And on the used side, that vehicle's um, even more bespoke because it, it has had a, a life out on the streets. It may have been configured by an original buyer earlier. And so all this data allows us to get in and understand exactly what's on that car, price that vehicle appropriately, price it for its market so that we're understanding what that vehicle should be worth in that market, allow those consumers to understand what it's going to, you know, the, the pricing um, and the demand in their local market for the exact car that they're after and not worry about, you know, what a, a national average is or kind of a price inflation. We just know that that's what that VIN is going to be worth. So this is a really great example of just having more and more detail allows you to build out a product that's good for consumers um, and moving away from just kind of, a, I, I think of it as a sea of kind of indexes. And, and you know, we're part of that too, uh, coming from the ALG side, you know, we make residuals. They're not been specific as our core product, but, you know, being able to do that, we, we could produce a VIN specific uh, forecast for any residual in the future if the marketplace uh, would like it. So it just allows us to go from generic to specific uh, really fast and, and with a lot of confidence. Right. Do you have anything to comment on there, Jim? That you want to add on that? Absolutely. I was going to, to Morgan's point, you know, the, the, the data is really uh, kind of the foundational piece to allow the ALG and Morgan's team to run all of their unique formulas and, and and like he said you know you could get it down to a specific VIN in a specific region 
And we're just uh, very lucky that we're uh, positioned with all of the VINs that we encounter and, you know, everything that we analyze, we're able to do a QA analysis on data. We're also able to analyze data for intelligence. And at the end of the day, we're interacting with just about every vehicle for sale today, both new and used. So it's it's massive amount of data. And we are doing a great job of harnessing all of that data and putting it into a, a standard CVD format data repository. Let's talk a little bit about who is using this data. Obviously, precise vehicle data is very, very important, but let's talk a bit about use cases. Uh, Can you expand on that, Jim? Sure, sure. So uh, precise use cases, we're seeing that in addition to kind of our VIN description and our inventory management solutions that I mentioned, we've got some incentive and finance data that is playing a huge role in digital retail and incentive data. So, you know, banks and credit data is all impacting the sales price of a vehicle. And we're seeing that dealers today have a big need for incentive products because the market is ultra tight and incent to getting the incentives right is key. And uh, I think there's a, a recent study that we tout through J.D. Power where they have uh, shown that the incentive spend per unit is down to the lowest level in history on vehicles and fell by over 50% year over year from 2020 to 2021. And it's at the lowest level ever as a percentage of MSRP at about 3% of MSRP. That just makes data so much more important because it's such a tight market that dealers are one group that needs this incentive data, finance data, data in digital retailing, you know, they need to average more precise, uh, leverage more precise data so that they can put uh, the right penny perfect payments in front of consumers. Banks are using the data for loan origination, as I had kind of alluded to earlier. Shopping sites need to create better search experiences, as we said earlier about, you know, using seven seats or using seat count as a search criteria. And and consumers need good data so that they can find the vehicle and most importantly, have confidence in the process and not have uh, inconsistencies that would erode their their confidence. Right. Uh, Certainly, VIN-specific values are critical uh, to making digital retailing really work especially work without friction and and getting that accurate is important. Talk a bit, uh, Morgan, if you would, about Power Information Network and how that has worked. I I happen to be around when Dave put that together many, many, many years ago. But uh, tell us a bit about that and how that uh, figures in to all of this. Yeah, the Power Information Network is is the richest source of uh, kind of what's going on in the market today that we have. Uh, in the North American market for sure. And it is predicated on having just an incredibly rich data set that can tell you about the vehicle that's coming through, the the pricing, uh, learn about the deal. And it just lets you understand what's going on in the market from the F&I desk to actually, you know, what it's taken to drive these cars off the lot. Well, with everything we've talked about today, if you have a better foundation to understand exactly what those vehicles are that are coming through, if you have an enhanced VIN decoding, if you have a, a advanced kind of machine learning to understand where like a fat finger mistake may come in on a desking solution 
um, to help uh, that, that feeds this data set, uh, you're going to build just a foundation of the house. So think about it like that. This uh, data and the importance of this build data, the importance of VIN decoding, uh, really becomes a foundation for the house because all the data is going to be sitting on that. That's how we're tying it. That's how we're kind of putting all these other great data elements and ascribing to an individual vehicle so we can talk about what's going on in the market. And so it really becomes a foundation uh, for all of the data flowing into that product. Uh, it's the PIN solutions, it's our F&I, uh, it's you know, valuation services and, and pricing. We, we're gonna be using this data extensively because that's the data that we've seen to help us understand where we're going in the future. So again, from a data side, it's just, it, it helps create a clean base to do any analysis, whether it's predictive or just looking at a report. It, it, it just allows you to trust what's going on, know that it's as accurately as possible and allow you to just have trust in the data and move forward with your analysis. Just to sum up, I'd like each of you to give our listeners the sense of why using JD Power Valuation Services is a good thing to do. What are the advantages that these services offer versus uh, competitors? Just sum that up for me quickly, each of you. you uh, let's start with you, Jim. Okay, yeah, and uh, you know, I'll let Morgan give the uh, the detailed answer, but my my answer is very high level. You know, at JD Power, we're basically standardizing all of our VIN databases and technologies, and our solutions are going to become more and more interconnected so that we can extract more value out of this foundational data. And uh, I just think it's an exciting time because we can really impact from PIN solutions to uh, F&I solutions to just raw data solutions and pricing and valuation solutions we can really offer some very powerful components to the marketplace. So uh, from a high level, you know, we, we've got a continuous machine learning process where we're always analyzing data and marrying that with, uh, you know, the marriage between OEM build data and inventory data. I just think it's a, it's a tremendous foundation. Yeah, I would second that. And I, I think, Jim, I'd imagine you have a, a little bit of this as well as being fairly new to JD Power. Uh, when I learned that we were going to be joining the JD Power team, I was obviously excited to be joining such a, you know, well-respected and established brand, but also as a, a data guy in the industry, I mean, who wouldn't want to be part of this company? We have more data than anyone, and that's just growing, you know, every few months. It seems like we're getting a new, uh, we're acquiring someone new that has some more great data and, and analytics. Uh, like Jim and his team coming on board. And, and I hope people felt the same about when ALG joined. So it's really about just having the richest data set you can have. As Jim mentioned, we are making sure that it is interconnected. And when you have all of this rich data, you have all of these great teams working together. Um, we have the power to answer so many more questions than, than almost anyone else can. Uh, in our industry. And we have just a, a wide breadth of knowledge and experience to do that. So, uh, you know, moving from, you know, years ago, it, it might be that you had just a simple national average for a price. And, and those are very useful numbers. They really help you kind of benchmark. But now we can go down and we've just spent the last 45 minutes talking about how important VINs are and that a customer's buying a VIN not an average vehicle. And so we can now go down, we can we can price vehicles at a, a locality, at a DMA for next week and tell you why that price is gonna change the week after and why it's gonna be different from maybe the next DMA over. So why is Los Angeles different than San Diego? And why did that relationship change over the last month? 
with our inventory data and with our build data and with the confidence we have in that data, that, that's a possibility that I just don't believe was, was there before. Um, and, and so we're really combining all of this great data with a lot of established uh, industry veterans to put it all together. And so, um, you know, I know it's, it's an, a very exciting time to be here from data. We're making a lot of great products, um, enhancing them, making sure that they're modern and up to speed. And, um, you know, at a lot of companies, machine learning is a buzzword. It's just something you say that goes on a, a great, you know, quarterly report. But here it's true. We're leveraging it all the time to make sure that we can get every ounce of um, information out of this data to provide the best insights to the industry and make sure we know exactly what's going on moving forward. So uh, to me, it, it's it's data, data, data. And we have more than anybody and we have great people that are diving into it to make sure we understand it. Well, a great summation, Morgan. Uh, it's just, as you say, exciting times, exciting times for digital retailing, exciting times for the consumer and for the industry. So thanks to both of you. Uh, Jim Vecchio, he's head of VIN products for Auto Data Solution, for the Auto Data Solutions Division of J.D. Power, and Morgan Hansen, Vice President of Data Science for J.D. Power Evaluation Services Division. Thanks, both of you, for being with us. We really appreciate it. Your expertise is very much appreciated. And to our listeners, thanks for listening to this special J.D. Power Valuation Services podcast. It's one of several in the recent series. So again, thanking our guests for being with us and providing their expertise. Uh, This is Jack Nerad for J.D. Power saying, please join us again for another podcast in this series going forward. Thanks very much.